Welcome to episode 18 of the Artificial Mind. Cryptid. The podcast where we explore the intersection of artificial intelligence and the human mind. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always, my co-host, Jeremy. Hello, everybody. Um, today's episode, today's episode, we are taking a deep dive into the world of cryptids from the Loch Ness Monster to Bigfoot, even though I don't think any of us chose those two. These elusive creatures have captivated the human imagination for centuries. But what if we told you that artificial intelligence could hold the key to uncovering new information and evidence about these mysterious beings? That's right. In this episode, we're showcasing our latest project on cryptids and how we're using AI to shed new light on these fascinating creatures. We'll explore the cultural impact of cryptids throughout history and discuss the potential implications of AI in the study of these elusive beings. Guys, grab your headphones and get ready for an exciting journey into the unknown. Join us as we explore the possibilities of what may be lurking just beyond our understanding. This is the Artificial Mind. Yeah, so we're here, episode 18. We're feeling pretty good, and we've started to use new tools to help us uh, grow the podcast. Well, not grow the podcast, but to help us have a better understanding of what we are doing. Um, at the end of the day, um, we're just two two veterans that like to talk about our artificial intelligence and art and everything that implicates in between, man. Uh, what's going on, Stro? How you feeling today, man? Um, other than fighting off a cold of some sorts, I'm doing great. It's <laughs> good, man. That that's good, man. So I, so from what I understand, you're using Chat GPT now. Correct. We both are. Yeah, I'm actually okay. So I'm gonna just be completely honest here. I'm I'm liking it. And I have a lot to say about it as well because um, we, before we get to like some of the implications, like what, what Jordan Peterson was saying about uh, university being replaced and teachers being replaced and things like that, there's a, a lot more things to talk about with ChatGPT. Um, 
for personal experience, I started using it to see if I could improve some of my writing in some of uh, the descriptions and some of the podcasts that I work on, um, write better greetings, um, understand more and things like that. And using ChatGPT helped me realize that AI has been helping me learn, that it's been helping me uh, develop a better understanding of what we do here on this podcast, especially this podcast. Um, and amongst like all the other podcasts that I work on as well, but I have a great understanding of what we do here and how, how, like, I always ask myself, like, how do we improve the show? How do we, you know, so, you know, so we asked the AI, you know, and the AI has given us some great ideas. And I feel like that, I mean, I'm going to start using the chat GPT more Me too. Uh, for more resourcing. I think, I think it's a great resource, a great tool, especially for podcasters, uh, writers, especially you know, um, writers, uh, you, you, now you had a couple of things that you wanted to talk about too, about this, how like universities have the potential of possibly being going bankrupt, you know? Yeah. Because it wouldn't be just this, it's their, you know, poor accounting too and stuff over the years, you know, they need to put a sign out front that cost a million dollars, you know, stuff like that. That's just poor accounting. Uh, one thing I was thinking of when you were talking about that was, uh, a lot of the stuff that we hear from, major podcast or just news is that this AI stuff's pretty negative and stuff. But so far for me and you, it seems like it's been positive, you know, I think we're using it. And again, in the, the creative sense of it. So it's where they're taking, it's a, a different route, but if you're going with a creative sense of doing something, <clears throat> Oh, excuse me. Oh, no, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I love about, like, uh, <coughs> like later on, we'll talk about what our next episode is going to be. Excuse me. He's going to make it. Excuse me. Wow, what a cough. It's that city air, man. No, you're not lying, man. The city air is killing me. This pollution's killing me. But yeah, I mean, I feel like we're getting to a point now where we are coming into the understanding that technology and nature can coexist. So. That. No, so now we're coming to the notion that can they exist together? Well, I think they could. You know, and I could understand like a lot of writers, a lot of publishers are worried that the AI is going to take over. Yeah. The AI is going to take your job. Yeah, the, the AI is going to take your job. The AI is going to do things that the human can't. And then that's where lies the other question. What can humans do that the AI can't? Or robots. And it's actually funny because... It's actually funny because, like, our next episode will be about AGI. We'll be talking a lot about that stuff too. Okay. There's a lot. There's a lot of questions here. So, I, I mean, I find I, I think it's a great tool. I'm, I am worried though that we're going to see a lot of students um, use this to write essays, um, to write book reports, uh, to get additional information that you can't additionally find on the internet or or that are harder to find 
in the World Wide Web. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I do. You, I have a question for you though. Do you think that this will help um, the problem with plagiarism? I'm wondering about that because, like, if I, I wonder if someone put in maybe this is something me and you can try too. Is if you put in the same uh, question, two different people put the same question, and we get the same answer from the AI. And then if you do, that will yeah. answer your question in a sense, I would think. Yes. Um, and then you, you know what else worries me too? We're excited. That's what I was thinking about too. When college students do do their essays, they, or is it essays or their, what do you call it? When they have to, at the end of the semester, they have to write a, it's, is it an essay or is there something else, a term? I forget. But you have to have we're excited at the end of it. Like all the sources they yeah. had. And I imagine that's kind of... <laughs> revolutionize work cited because that was always a pain in the ass for me writing the report mm. was okay i didn't even i didn't even sucked. i didn't even think about yeah. that do you think that the gpt could cite it for you maybe that's something else we can figure out too i'll have to remember that and see if it does do that i would yeah I, if if george that, peterson's talking about this with like universities and stuff and essays i don't see why that would not be touched as well as far as work cited of your yeah, your uh, report. Yeah, um, for the most part, it is a great tool. Yeah, uh, but as always, we we I want to warn, and I'm going to say we, you know, um, we want to warn people not to abuse the, the the intelligence. It's not here for you to to fuck with. It's here for you to learn from. It's here for you to help it learn. It's help. It's uh, learning, but when learning too. <clears throat> Yeah, like that. Like just a couple of days, there was an incident where a, I think it was like a Walmart employee put insider business secrets into the AI, and you could start asking like it, uh, questions, and it starts answering these questions that, you know, a regular guy like me and you wouldn't know because we, you know, we're just not in that level in these corporations at all, and so these, you know, so then it comes to well, now the AI has these secrets, and then it's going to start talking about us next, you know, so it's. It's a lot of interesting stuff going on with GPT. Um, I I know we're going to see more of GPT. A lot of people are talking about it right now. I find it to be more of a positive tool. Um, easily abused. Absolutely easily abused. Easy to manipulate. I have oh. a weird prediction now in my head. So GPT matched with uh, 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 mid-journey technology plus some other technology they're going to be coming up in the next couple of years that have to do with um, with AI. You're going to start seeing movies written with this stuff. Um, yes. The other day I saw a, uh, a, a story about them possibly keeping uh, franchises going indefinite with after actors have died like uh, Harrison Ford with the Indiana Jones and they actually put his face when he was like in his 30s in all the movies that he's done so deep far. Fake. Yeah. Where they do the deep fake. There's something to that. There, I think they're, you know, down the road, you're going to start seeing all these Marvel characters and it is going to be one guy. They're going to, you know, change it up every couple generations and have a new actor. They're going to keep it the same person. Is that guy alive? No, he's dead, but they got perpetuity rights and all that, you know, for the universe. And there's Harrison Ford playing Indiana Jones 18. Yep. 
And I think he said, like, he won't let go of that role anyway, but... Oh, that's the one. Yeah, cryptids. Yeah, cryptids. Yeah, so... What is... Uh, what is a cryptid, right? Yeah, because when we were doing this, or uh, we got the suggestion from one of our friends, uh, I thought cryptids were like a yep. one-type thing. I did not know that, like... Uh, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, that type of stuff, they all were categorized as cryptids. So I learned that right away. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, so um, so what I have here, so a cryptid is a creature or organism that is believed to exist, but for which there is no scientific evidence. The term is often used to describe animals or plants that are thought to be extinct, as well as those that are claimed to exist, but have never been scientifically proven to exist. Cryptids are also known as hidden animals or mystery beasts. Cryptid creatures are typically considered to be part of folklore, legend, or superstition, and they are not considered as part of scientific canon. Examples of cryptids include the Loch Ness Monster, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, the Chupacabra, the Mothman, and the Yeti. So, do you want to start off? Sure. You want to start doing this? Let's get cryptified. Okay, so let's get cryptified. Um, I'll start off with you. What do we got here? Got. Yeah, sealed it. Oh, Thunderbird. Okay. So, thanks to I guess I'm not gonna bullshit anyone here. I did use GPT for each of these um, creations from Midjourney that I did, and. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be completely transparent here. This is a GPT slash cryptid episode. Yeah, and it actually kind of sounds like we're gonna be using GPT for the for the remainder too, because it's it's again it's a great tool. But what did what did you get from the GPT when you talked? About and I this? think the audience will actually notice the difference from last episode of this one. Just like we seem a little more fluid because we got some. You know something to back us up, basically. But uh, for the more yeah, prepared for the Thunderbird, um, the legend goes there was a creature in North America, indigenous peoples' history and culture. Uh, it was considered a supernatural bird of power and strength. Thunderbird is often associated with thunder, <laughs> lightning, and storms, and is believed to be one who causes them. In many stories, the Thunderbird is also said to be able to create fire with its eyes. The exact origins and meaning of the Thunderbird legend vary among different tribes, but it is often seen as a powerful and respected creature in their cultures. That was actually the shorter one description. Yeah. Beautiful. Actually, I I, I, I love it. Um, it's funny too because like we always hear Thunderbird, we hear about the car, we hear about you know they, they, I'm sure there's a couple uh minor league sports teams with oh, man, you know. At least. <laughs> And I never knew that the Thunderbird was a cryptid. Yeah. And it was yeah, never, they never, culture and like their legends, but I didn't know that would equate to an uh, cryptid. Yeah. 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 Very, that's cool. Um, I love that. I love that. I'm not even going to lie to you. That's really cool. And the, th I mean, the, th the Thunderbird. And there was another reason they called it. Good that choice. That didn't, that, that, that didn't bring up was that the reason that, they called it that was when its wings flapped this much bigger. It was so huge. A picture of terror. Really? Whack. Whack. That's really cool. That's really cool. Um, all right. So my first one I'm going to I'm literally choosing these at random. So we got the Ah, the 
This is the New Zealand Taniwa. Um, I actually just I used GPT for this. Yeah, after after you told me uh, that you were using GPT to help you get more information on this, I did the same thing. <clears throat> so the Taniwa is a legendary creature that is part of Maori folklore in New Zealand, and the creature is typically described as a large serpentine or dragon-like being with sharp teeth and fearsome powers. Uh, Taniwa are said to inhabit rivers, lakes, and other bodies of water and are often associated with garden land and its people. They're also said to have supernatural powers that can shapeshift into different forms. Um, in Maori culture, Maori culture, excuse me if I'm pronouncing that wrong, uh, Tani ta yeah, Taniwa are considered as powerful spirit beings and are respected and revered by people. They are said to be able to protect communities from natural disasters and other dangers, and they have been no scientific evidence to support the existence of the Taniwa, but the legends and stories of it are an important aspect of the culture of Maori and continue to be passed down through the generations. Um, did it, I actually really like how this image rendered out because it kind of has... So this is... Um, so it's New Zealand. So I kind of, you know, got the New Zealand color, you know, um, that, that energy. Too. I wonder too, because it does look like a lizard type. Stuff like that. Yeah, it's described as a large serpentine or dragon-like being. So, I would I would put it in that family. You know, I would definitely put it in that family. Uh, what's next? Ah, uh, Wolfman or Metal Wolfman, Dogman. So, um, if y'all haven't figured it out yet, I live in Michigan, and. Uh, I didn't know this until recently, but we have a legend in Michigan that was known as the Dogman, also known as the Michigan Dogman. It was a legendary creature said to inhabit the state of Michigan in the United States. Um, the legend of the Dogman dates back to the 1800s, actually. But it gained widespread notoriety in the 1980s after a radio host in Michigan began receiving reports of sightings from listeners. The creature is said to be a type of werewolf or a large wolf-like animal with a human-like, uh, with human-like characteristics such as the ability to stand upright and lose tools. The dogman is described as being around seven feet tall, shaggy fur and glowing eyes. It is said to be a formidable creature that is both fast and strong. Some people believe that the dogman is a type of shapeshifter or a creature created through genetic experimentation. The dogman is often associated with the woods and rural areas, and people have reported seeing it around swamps, creeks, and other bodies of water. It should be noted that there is no scientific evidence to support the existence of the Michigan dogman, and it's considered a legend or a folklore among the people of Michigan. The 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 one. So have you have you done any more like digging about about the dogman ever since you found out about it? A little, but uh, you know. There isn't too much to add from all the different stories. They're all pretty cut and dry. The one thing I just noticed, though, uh, from that was I've never heard uh, werewolves or, or dogmen using tools. Standing upright, yes, but using tools? <laughs> I've never 
heard that. So if you guys are out in the woods, get <laughs> black and decker, you know, or a wheel while she's in a black and decker, you know, drill. <laughs> you know, it's the dog, man. Yeah. It's the dog, man. He looked, I don't know, dog man looks more like a snap on kind of guy. commercials of that now. I'm a dog man. Yeah, we're on the wolf. And they're each going to have uh, this, this, this guy right here. This guy. So, uh, this is, this is the Lake Worth monster, also known as the goat man. It's like Baphomet too. Yeah, you know what's actually crazy? How like we went from Dog Man and now we're in, now we're at Goat Man now, and like uh, it, yeah, it said he he is said to inhabit the area around Lake Worth in Texas, and the creature is described as being a half man, half goat creature with a fur covered body, horns on its head, and goat like legs. There's been reportings of sightings that date back to the 1960s and describe it as standing seven feet tall. And you can't teach that, sorry. Uh, and emitting a strong odor. There have been several supposed sightings of the creature, but there is no scientific evidence to support its existence. Some people believe the creature to be a hoax or a misidentification of a known animal, such as a bear or a large feral hog. Others believe it to be a product of folklore or an urban legend. I go into Lake Worth and I see this guy walking around the lake. I'm running. Oh, I think one of two things. Um, is this is there a movie being shot around here? And then immediately going to your 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 your, uh, your thought and run. Yeah, I mean, I, okay. So when he he does have like a scary like resemblance to Baphomet mm -hmm. too, which is like super fucking like. Uh. Another pattern, I you, noticed, just, uh, you notice a lot of these things started in the 1960s, these appearances. Yeah. Yeah. The time drugs started kicking in. <laughs> the psychedelic era. Yeah, I see shit too. And it's always by water. That is actually... That goes through all the spectrums of weird stuff, like UFOs, all that kind of stuff. That is actually super funny. I never picked up. I never picked up on that. I never picked up on that, man. Uh, what do we have? Water is nice. Mr. Strobridge. Ah. Mothman. Our good friend. The Mothman Chronicles. Yes, if you hadn't played Fallout 76, that you won't know what this is. Oh, yeah. We always we always go back to Fallout. <laughs> Did you have a, a, you know, a doubt that I was not going to go there? Probably had some. He's going to go there. He did. But uh, yeah, here's a little bit of background on the Mothman, other than video games. Uh, the Mothman is actually he's probably the most, I think, other than Bigfoot or Mach Ness, the third most popular one I could think of. And else. But the Mothman is a legendary creature said to have sighted in Point Pleasant area in West Virginia, the United States. In the late 1960s, the creature is described as a large humanoid figure with wings, typically described as being about seven feet tall with glowing red eyes. That was the same for uh, 
a dogman, actually, seven feet tall with glowing red eyes. The first reported sightings of the Mothman were in November 1966, when several people reported seeing a large winged creature near the town of Point Pleasant. Over the next year, more than 100 people reported sightings of the creature, and it was described as being able to fly at high speeds and able to hover in the air. Some people reported that the creature was able to predict future events, including the collapse of the Silver Bridge in December 1967, which killed 46 people. The legend of the Mothman gained widespread notoriety in the 1970s when author John A. Keel wrote a book called The Mothman Prophecies about his investigation into the creature and the strange events that occurred in Point Pleasant during that time. The book was later adapted into a movie in 2002, which I think I might have to check that out again. Uh, it should be noted that there's no scientific evidence. Oh, that's and right. There was a movie about it. Uh, there's no evidence. To there was a movie about existence of the Mothman. It is considered a legend or a folklore among the people of West Virginia. Sightings and stories of the Mothman can be based on real life sightings of birds or other animals combined with superstition and fear. Or LSD. <laughs> I mean, again, we're going back to the 60s and yeah. the 70s. The theme is starting to like really like come together and make sense now. Oh, these did. I think we just time period. I think I think we just cracked the code, Showbridge. I think we just I think we just have debunked. I put a paperweight down on all of these scripts. Not when they gonna blow it away this time. Yeah. Uh, what's next? Ah. Oh. Well, if you didn't hear it from my voice, I'm from New Jersey. Yeah, I like this one. And. I I obviously have to talk to you about the New Jersey Devil. It is a legendary creature that is said to inhabit the Pine Barrens of New Jersey, which I want to say is about like 45 minutes away from me, and give or take. Maybe closer. Uh, the, the creature is described as having the head of a horse, wings, and a tail. It is said to make blood-curdling screams and is associated with various supernatural powers. The legend of the Jersey Devil dates back to the 18th century and has been passed down through generations. And some claim they have even seen the creature, but there is no evidence to support its existence. It is considered to be a cryptid, which is an animal whose existence or survival is disputed or ub, 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 unsubstantiated. Um, the New Jersey Devil is a very, very famous creature, real or not, named our hockey team out of it. Yeah, you did, didn't you? You know, yep, yes, we did. And yeah, there's, I mean, the stories are all there, okay? Uh, the Jersey Devil. I think so, my favorite one for our show is this one right here. I, I like how that picture turned out. I like the story behind it, but I, I really like how that turned out. It looks like a, it looks like a weird New Jersey photo. I don't know if you're familiar with the Weird New Jersey series, uh, but we have a whole series of Weird New Jersey that, is actually really a book or what really interesting it's a book of of different sites okay. in the in our state and you know like we have one area clinton road where there's supposed to be uh ghosts and stuff like that i've been to clinton road there's 13 bumps road where it says that the 13 bumps are the the buried heads of the witches popping out of the road 
Uh, there's another place. There's another place for weird New Jersey where you put your car down the hill and put baby powder on your hood. Your car and you put your car in reverse. Your car goes all the way up the hill. Although you put your car in neutral, but your car goes up the hill, and there's handprints on your hood. Okay. Are you gonna take a trip to New Jersey soon so we could do these? We do our own little like on the road podcast of weird sites. I'd be all down with that. Yeah. And um for your last one, we have Oh, the most unpopular one in the world. <laughs> the Rottweiler. No. This this cute <laughs> this cute little critter right here. Good old Roscoe. Roscoe the Chupacabra. Roscoe, my buddy, my pal, what do I got for you, buddy? I got another news story, Chupacabra. Ah, the Chupacabra is a legendary creature said to inhabit parts of the Americas, not just the northern parts, with the first reported sightings in Puerto Rico uh, in the 1990s. The Chupacabra is described as a creature that attacks and drinks the blood of livestock, particularly goats. Hence its name, which it means goat sucker in Spanish. That's something I did not know. Yeah. It, so it's actually, I'm actually very familiar with the Chupacabra. Mm -hmm. I'm very familiar with the, I am Puerto Rican. Uh, these, the stories and the myths of the Chupacabra were told to me all of my life. I wonder if it's uh, very cool that you're talking about popular, like down in Brazil and all that. Cause they all seem to know about those kind of, um, things too. But their culture's more. But the chup the chupacabra the, the chupacabra is the name that you bring up when you want to scare right. a kid yeah. too. You know that was like their version of uh, oh, Krampus, I guess, but not for Christmas or anything. Just their version of bad guy boogeyman. Uh, it yeah. is well, I'll tell you, this is the cutest chupacabra <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. He's a shaved one. Looks like. It is said that they have spiking spines or quills on their backs, sharp fangs, and uh, pronounced jaw. The creature is described as being anywhere from three to five feet tall and neither gray or green in color. The first reported sightings of the Chupacabra were in Puerto Rico in 1995, where people reported finding goats and other livestock with puncture wounds on their necks and their blood draining. Since then, some new reports have been made other parts of the Americas, including Mexico, Chile, and the United States. Uh, there have been some attempts to explain... Very, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's been some attempts to explain the chupacabra as a known animal, and I've actually read some stuff about that too, uh, such as a wild dog or a type of reptile. Yeah. I've heard wild boar myself, uh, but evidence hasn't been found to support any of these claims. It is worth noting that the Chupacabra is a creature of legend and it is not recognized by science. There is a lack of physical evidence and most of the settings are based on anecdotal accounts. So, I I could have sworn when I was a kid I saw the Chupacabra. I didn't really hear about them until like the 90s myself. And I think they were, they were known yeah. before that. It's just the picked up popularity once all these like conspiracy shows on TV came out. That's how I got it. Yeah. Or X-Files perhaps. Might even been the X-Files episode. Oh, the X-Files. So, yep. 90s. Yep. Uh, 
so let me introduce you to the Loveland Frog. <clears throat> that one too. That looks like a movie shot. This one came up. Right? So the Loveland Frog is a cryptid said to inhabit the area of Loveland, Ohio. Uh, he is described as being a humanoid figure with the head and the torso of a frog and the body of a man. Uh, standing about three to four feet tall. The first reported sighting of the creature was in 1955. This is our earliest one. And since then, there have been several alleged sightings of the creature with descriptions matching the original one. The creature is often described as having leathery, wrinkled skin and webbed hands and feet. And some witnesses say the creature has red, red eyes yep. and emits a strong, unpleasant odor. The creature is also said to be able to move quickly and agilely. And some have reported that it, it emitted a high-pitched chirping or croaking noise. There is no specific evidence to support the existence of the Loveland Frog. However, the legend of the Loveland Frog continues to be popular in the area and is often cited as one of the most well-known examples of modern-day cryptozoology in the United States. Which is actually um, very interesting, too, um, that's still being talked about today. Um, I got a question for you. Creepy son of a gun, right? Out of yeah. all these creatures, which one do you think was would be the most uh, plausible to exist. Like what makes the most sense. Oh, man. I think that last one you did makes the most sense of like uh, if, 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 if those creatures could exist. The pre if there was a cryptic... I... I... Not frogmen necessarily. I think frogs can get pretty freaking huge if they want to. It just depends on the climate. As much as I want... As much as I want the Thunderbird to be real, <laughs> um, I would have to go. I would actually have to go with the Chupacabra. Um, I I guess like just growing up yeah. with it, and just knowing about it, you know, embedded. and you know, he hearing the stories, it's like embedded in my head that that it is real. You know, part of my part part of my culture being Puerto Rican is you know they tell you the stories as you're growing up, as if you know like Bigfoot. You know, like for us, we also had Bigfoot that would tell us the, story, the, the stories of Bigfoot, and I would be, and I would shit my pants every time I would go into the woods or go camping or anything, because I could swear every time I was there, I saw Bigfoot. Uh, my grandma told me stories you know, about Bigfoot, actually, so I can I can save you some way the next time you go hunting or uh, camping. You know, and some of them stories you're, or descriptions yeah. you're reading, bad smell. That's it. That's yeah, it. you, you smell something really bad in a year. That's probably what it is. Yep. Yeah, it's it's gotten it's gotten very interesting. Don't smell like a youth safer. <laughs> then and then get out of there. You can definitely Yeah, man. So I mean um now there are some obvious ones that we didn't talk about. You know, the Loch Ness monster. Uh, Bigfoot, the Yeti. Were there? What was your like? What What was your reasoning choosing these specific these specific four cryptids? I was trying to stay away from Bigfoot and Loch Ness, like your typical. I wanted to get you know for to do a show yep. on. I kind of want to learn as well as like learn with the audience. So a couple of them I knew about, and the other ones uh, a little bit, and then you know went from there. I didn't know what I, I tried the young man one at all. I didn't know we our, our own yeah. had a legend with that. Yeah. 
what's funny too is that like when we had first talked about it i almost kind of feel like we were like our army brains kicked in for a second and we were like cryptid what the hell's a cryptid and we and you know we had like completely different definitions of what they were we were just like and then when we you know when we finally realized what if it's just like oh okay okay and you know like i wanted to stay away from the jersey devil but i thought you know why am I going to stay away from the Jersey Devil? Up close to the We better do that one. Because I did the mission. Yeah, no, I had to do that one. Um, you know, my, my approach to the... I, 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 you know, now that I really think about learning with the audience is, is a really cool perspective. Uh, for me, though, it was more... I want to find ones that are more unknown. But I wanted it... I didn't want them to be so extravagant. I didn't want them to be like more myth more dragon than real i wanted you know like i wanted i wanted some type of reality or i even wanted myself to believe that these are real like i i could actually believe every single one of these are real you know from from a certain standpoint i mean we live in a very odd we live in a very odd world don't Since we world war ii we've been doing some well probably before that we've been doing weird experiments so why not yeah why not it has not stopped so so, guys, you know, and that's it for this episode of The Artificial Mind. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the world of cryptos and the potential of AI in, in uncovering new information and evidence about these mysterious creatures. Um, as we wrap up, we want to remind you that the possibilities of AI are endless, guys, and we have much more in store for you. Next episode, we'll be discussing the topic of Artificial General Intelligence, or AGI. Um, AGI has the ability to understand or learn any intellectual task that a human being can, and it's not limited to perform specific tasks. We'll be exploring the current state of AGI research and development, the potential implications of AGI on society and the workforce, and the ethical considerations surrounding the creation of AGI. Um, one um, example I have for you, Strobridge, check out the Boston Dynamics um, robot that is doing construction. I think that's a perfect example of AGI that we could talk about. Uh, but, oh, those guys. Yeah, but, yeah, but, bef but before we go, do you have any final thoughts, Joe? Um, now, who was the person that suggested we did the cryptids? I want to thank him for that. Do you happen to... A branded waiter from UB and... Cool. Thanks for uh, bringing that up. That was actually a cool idea. Yeah, that was a really cool idea. Give us yes. more. Always. Give us more. Always. You know, and guys, stay tuned for more exciting episodes of The Artificial Mind. Remember to subscribe and follow us on social media to stay up to date on all the latest developments in the world of artificial intelligence. We'll be back soon with more insights and perspectives on the intersection of AI and the human mind. Thank you for listening. Peace.